I'm shook! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Holly Shook Podcast. It's me, Ryan. And I am joined, as always, by the wonderful, by the talented, by the generous. It's Armin. Hey, Armin. Okay, I don't know how to take that. Are you likening me to Ellen DeGeneres, or are you saying I'm generous? No, I just said you're DeGeneres. Wait, am I DeGeneres? Like, am I like Ellen DeGeneres, who is an abusive, toxic human being? Or am I generous? Uh, Armin, you're thinking way too much about this. You're DeGeneres. Anyway, welcome. And we're so excited to cover some of the hot gossip that has happened in Hollywood this week. This was quietly a good tabloid week. It was a good week for tabloids. I think we've we've had kind of a slow couple weeks. And then suddenly out of the blue, all the people are like, all the celebrities are like, put the attention back on us, you know. Yeah, but like I said, in a subtle, quiet way, because it's not like a week where we get a Justin Bieber sleeping with Miranda Kerr kind of explosive story. There's nothing big like that, but there's a lot of good gossip, like gossip that gets conversations started. I'll put it that way. That's a good point. Yeah, I think it's more, this is more of a gossipy week. And honestly, I love gossip. So I'm here for it. Sometimes you don't need a big blow up. You just need a couple insiders or a couple sources telling us what's going on so that we can irresponsibly speculate on it and create our own opinions that don't matter. And shout out to the insiders and the sources and the spies and the friends. Without you, we wouldn't have the gossip industry. You guys make this world go round. They really do. And they deserve more credit and like a Pulitzer Prize maybe. Oh, definitely a Pulitzer Prize. And maybe like a Nobel Peace Prize. And I think we are going to start off strong this week. Speaking of someone who is so degenerous, we do have an update on the Ellen DeGeneres drama, if you will. Um, For all of our Patreon followers, you know that last week we did a deep dive into what's going on with the Ellen show and all of the reports of emotional abuse, of a toxic work culture, of sexual abuse, of pretty much people popping out the woodworks, telling every bad thing that has happened on set of The Ellen Show. Um, It's pretty wild. It's a pretty crazy story. If you guys are not on our Patreon subscribers and you want to hear everything that's going on with Ellen and some... You can always subscribe to our Patreon. It's on patreon.com backslash Holly Shook. Um, you got it right that time. I got it right. That's the first time I've ever got it right, which is, I would say, personal growth. I think you usually say hollyshook.com backslash Patreon. I say that every single time because, once again, I don't do any of the technical work on this podcast. So in my head, we have a website. We don't, but in my head, we have a website. If we, um, if we have enough supporters on Patreon, maybe we can afford to have a website one day. We could one day have our own website, but without you guys, it'll never happen. And honestly, even with you guys, it'll probably never happen. <laughs> but um, we did a deep dive into the Ellen scandal last week on our Patreon. So if you guys want to hear that, you can go subscribe to our Patreon. And we do special Patreon-exclusive podcasts pretty often. And we got some good perks in there. So... If you love us as much as I know you do, 
you can go subscribe. It's never too late. And I'm pretty sure all the past Patreon recordings are saved there, so they can go back and listen to old ones, right? The full catalog. It's all there. Once again, me having to ask Armin about how this works. Um, But we do have an update for everyone. I would say that Ellen's been on the DL since all of this has come up. We haven't heard much from her. But this week, someone, a photographer, spotted Portia de Rossi walking her dogs. Portia de Rossi is famously Ellen's wife of Arrested Development fame, who is a queen. And the photographer, you know, classic paparazzi, wanted to know what was going on. I thought you were going to say famously of standing next to you on the red carpet fame for Portia de Rossi, because that's mm-hmm. also true. Mm-hmm. Um, as everybody knows who listened to our Patreon podcast. <laughs> so everybody. Um, yeah, as I famously was on the red carpet with Ellen and Portia years back um, during my brief stint as a Hollywood intern. and uh, Just an intern was- for Hollywood, by the way. If you guys want to know more about yeah. it, just apply to Hollywood dot yeah. com mm-hmm. for their internships it's an internship broadly to hollywood all of hollywood yeah it's hollywood.com um backslash intern and pretty much you just intern for just general hollywood um and then you kind of just become part of hollywood and famously i did that in college and i saw Portia and ellen on the red carpet once ellen looked like a corpse she looked terrible Portia looked absolutely amazing to nobody's surprise. <laughs> um, and Portia was walking her dogs and then the photographer was like, how's Ellen doing? How is Ellen holding up? And asked basically if the Ellen show was going to be canceled. Portia de Rossi, you know, celebs are never, usually never thrilled with paparazzi asking them questions on the street, which is understandable. I'm, you know, indifferent on paparazzi. I think that they can be too invasive, but also without them, I would have no purpose in life. Um, But I can find it to be invasive. She's just trying to walk her dogs. And Portia was like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, you know, kind of not answering. The photographer, obviously not going to give up that easily. He doesn't get paid until he gets a picture and a quote, babe. Um, Love a committed photographer. Committed photographer or very smart businessman and entrepreneur. Oh, both. It's all of. It's all of. Because how paparazzi work, rather, is they have to get these pictures and then they have to sell them to magazines. It's not like they just take pictures and then that's that. They have to get the shot that magazines want. Story that just came to me, right? My uncle is a photographer, like a legitimate photographer in Germany, one of the most renowned photographers there. And when I was in Germany, when I was like 11 years old, so this is like 16 plus years ago, we went to some event and he had a press pass. And we're pulling up to the event and he pulls out the press pass. And I remember asking him, are you paparazzi? And he was so angry at me. Oh, yeah. I fully offended him. And I remember my dad had to like calm him down. Saying like he's just eleven years old, like he doesn't know the difference <laughs> between a press photographer and a paparazzi. <laughs> but I, I'll never forget how pissed he, pissed off he was. He was super pissed. I would have been like Avita Zen bitch. <laughs> um, 
yeah, no, big difference between photographer and paparazzi. Paparazzi are, like, trash, but, you know, respect the hustle. Photographers are, like, artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the paparazzi guy was basically pressing for a comment from Portia. Um, he was quoted with saying, it's very out of character for her. We're just wondering if she's going to carry on with the show or not. Her fans want to know. Um, and then Portia was getting in her car and she decided to give one short comment. The comment being, yes, she is. Yes, she is. Thank you. And she slammed her door and drove off. And that's all we got. But that's giving us hints that they're still holding on to hope that Ellen will be hosting, which we did a whole debate on our podcast, uh, Patreon, about whether we think she'll come back, who we would want to replace her, et cetera, et cetera. So if that gives us any insight, we might not have a replacement. It might be Ellen still, which I, I would be shocked by. Well, we talked on that podcast about how we think we're going to see Defiant Ellen. Mm-hmm. And I think this is confirmation of Defiant Ellen. True. Even if Portia de Rossi confirms that Ellen is going to carry on with the show, that doesn't mean that Warner Brothers is going to carry on with Ellen DeGeneres as the host of the show. Listen, many talk show hosts have tried to cling on to their spot. We've talked about that on this very podcast in one of our historic scandal deep dives like the david letterman jay leno podcast there we go how about conan o'brien which we haven't covered yet there are many instances of talk show hosts trying to cling on to that seat and then the executives have another idea i don't doubt we're going to see defiant ellen in fact i want to see it because i think it would be a shit show mm-hmm. i just want to see all of that for the drama portia de Rossi insists that she's doing great when the paparazzi asked like how Ellen's doing, she said she's doing great. I doubt that. I think she's gearing up for a big fight, but I can't wait to see it. Oh yeah. I don't believe for a hot sec that she's doing great, but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's setting the stage for what will be none less than an epic showdown. Speaking of epic showdowns, by the way, Rye. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd appreciate that segue. We're going to kill it with the segues today. Yeah, but also, can I get some appreciation for setting that up unknowingly? (laughs) Well, if it's unknowingly, I don't know how much I can give you appreciation for that. All right, whatever. I'm giving myself appreciation. I'm all about intentionality. If you didn't have the intention to do it, then it was just an accidental genius moment. Which, okay, fine. Appreciate you for an accidental genius moment. (laughs) I've never had a non-accidental genius moment, okay? I've never... I've never intended on being genius. It kind of just naturally comes to me. Your brand is accidental genius. Okay, whatever. No one appreciates me. But speaking of an epic showdown, we are getting one currently between Galan Maxwell and the United States government, who is trying her for child sex trafficking. But that's not what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. I thought her name was Ghislaine. People call her different things. I've heard um, Ghislaine, Ghislaine. I've heard all sorts of crazy shit, but I'm pretty G- sure it's Galan. Ghislaine is too like on brand or too like on the nose. <laughs> it, it would be a little too on the nose. It's like a librarian being named Bookman. Right, right. It happens all the time, but it's it just too on the nose. It's too corny. No, I agree. 
But anyway, back to Galan. <laughs> if y'all don't know who Galan Maxwell is, should I do a setup? I feel like everyone knows who Galan Maxwell is at this point, but I should do a little setup, right? Yeah, I do like a sentence or two setup. Okay, sentence or two setup. She was Jeffrey Epstein's longtime friend who was now on trial for child sex trafficking. Many people believe that she was Jeffrey Epstein's accomplice in child sex trafficking crimes. There are pictures of Galan Maxwell with Bill Clinton, with Prince Andrew, with many powerful people. She is well-connected. In fact, Galan Maxwell attended Chelsea Clinton's wedding. She's as well-fucking-connected as it gets. However, allegedly, she was atop this child sex trafficking scheme. Truly heinous crimes. This week... We got some stunning revelations um, regarding Galan and a major Hollywood celebrity. So that's why we're talking about Galan. Actually, here's a little behind the curtains insight. We were discussing whether or not we wanted to cover Galan Maxwell a few weeks ago. And in our pre-production talks, we decided until Galan Maxwell inevitably gets mixed up with some celebrity, we won't cover Galan Maxwell because we don't want to give her the idea that she's a fucking celebrity. Yeah, this woman is trash and she's terrible and yes, her name is everywhere right now. She's become a household name, you could argue, recently, but we don't consider a household name to be celebrity. We consider celebrity to be celebrity, so we didn't want to give her that satisfaction. We know she listens. And we're not trying to give her the satisfaction. And, you know, we decided that she would eventually get some type of story with someone who we consider a celebrity. And then we can talk about it in that aspect. But let's just be clear. This story is only happening because it involves... George fucking Clooney. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. You're right. Right. This is crazy. (laughs) When you texted me this story, I think my response literally was, ay, ay, ay. Yeah, that was actually your response. I've never seen it written out, too, and it was wonderful to see it written out. I will say, I typed it out and I was like, hmm, I don't know if that's how this phrase goes. I think I spelled it (laughs) A-Y-E-Y-I-Y-I. At first I read it and I was like, A-Y-Y? Yeah. And I was like, oh, ay, ay, ay. Yeah, I don't know how to... Nobody knows how to spell I, 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 but like to me, that was how you spell I, I, I. I bet there's an official spelling of I, 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 and it's not at all how you'd suspect it would be spelled. Yeah. Sort I of really, like hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres or like, uh, like, uh, voila, you know, voila. <laughs> I could, I, I, I feel like I could get voila. But voila spelled like V I O L A. Yeah, that one comes to you. It's a little more intuitive. Hors d'oeuvres? Hors d'oeuvres is fucked up. Let's not even get into the hors d'oeuvres situation right now. I feel like I-I-I is just like that. There's like probably an X and like a Z. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I-E-E is what my response was. Okay, back to this story. (laughs) We got news of the uh, Galan Maxwell George Clooney interaction because the UK Sun cited court documents which referred to Virginia Giuffre's book 
that talked about Ghislaine Maxwell talking about this George Clooney interaction. And this book by Virginia Giuffre was apparently submitted to the court during a whole defamation case. And thousands of pages of evidence were sealed for years until recently in which they were finally released. So in the release, we got this revelation. So according to Virginia Giuffre, Glenn Maxwell was, quote, giddy as a schoolgirl, end quote, after she gave George Clooney a blowjob at an event. Which, I don't think you can relate to this, Armin, but no adult is giddy after giving a blowjob, okay? You're maybe slightly amused. At best, you're tickled with delight but i would not say giddy as no one leaves a blowjob and is giddy as a schoolgirl so this woman is just demented that's further proof that she's a psycho so are you saying though i want clarification are you saying that you can only be giddy after you're on the receiving end of a blowjob depending on a like i if you're giving the job it's doing a job it's a little bit strenuous it's not as fun like it is when you're on the receiving end, when you're actually getting the, I, the pleasures of the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I know, you know, I know the two sides of a blowjob. Um, what I'm saying is, giddy as a schoolgirl, to me, is like, what happens after you, like, make out with a person that you had a crush on for a long time, and you finally got drunk and made out with each other, and it's like, ooh, I'm giddy as a schoolgirl, like, whatever. Like, if you're straight up giving a blowjob, like, you're not, like, giddy, you know? Like, giddy to me is, like, giddy as a schoolgirl is, like, can't stop smiling, like, running through the streets with your arms out, like, spinning in circles through a field of flowers, which, like, nobody reacts that way to a blowjob. It's just a weird choice of words. But see, this isn't about the blowjob. It's about who Galan Maxwell gave a blowjob to. Okay, but it's still, about the George Clooney of it all, not the blowjob of it all. And I, I get that and I respect that. But still, if I gave, like, look, I'm not saying, I'm not downplaying the event of giving a blowjob to George Clooney. I would be more than happy. But what I'm saying is, if I gave a blowjob to George Clooney, I'd not be giddy as a schoolgirl. I'd feel like fucking fly as a motherfucker. I'd be like, fuck yeah i just blew george clooney i am the sickest person on earth i'm the hottest person that anyone's ever met like i'm a badass i'm not giddy as a schoolgirl. but see i think we're getting into semantics here because here is how virginia jufre wrote it in her book that again was just recently i guess unsealed when these documents were all unsealed by a new york judge in this last week quote One time, she came back, giddy as a schoolgirl, with an explosion of news. With all the buildup and excitement in her voice, you'd think she was the next crown princess. But she had given George Clooney a blowjob in the bathroom at some random event. She never let that one down. End quote. She also would go on to say that Galan, quote, loved to brag about her rendezvous with various lovers. End quote. I think that was Galan just boasting, being hyped about the fact that she gave George Clooney, who, 
at the time was one of the biggest superstars. Apparently, this happened in the early 2000s. He still is one of the biggest superstars, one of the biggest celebrities. I would say he's one of the few true A-list celebrities. If you gave yeah. him a blowjob, Rye, maybe I would describe it as giddy as a schoolgirl, or maybe I would describe it as fly as a motherfucker. Either way, you're riding high. And I agree. I'm not down, once again, not downplaying the event of blowing George Clooney. No offense to Amal. I'm just saying I would love to do it. If you guys happen to break up and he needs someone, just like let me know. But I am saying, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to make Gisline look bad. Okay. So just let me, let me fucking rag on her giddy as a schoolgirl. Okay. Stop like making it actual semantics like i'm just trying to make fun of her and make her look like a stupid little bitch that she is oh she's fully a psycho (laughs) it's nuts how well connected she was and it really leads to a lot of questions right which we're not going to answer today Yeah, yeah 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 we're not going to get into why she was so well connected but let me say when you start to go down that rabbit hole it's frightening it's a wild ride it's worth noting There is no evidence that George Clooney ever had any further interaction with Glenn Maxwell, that he ever went to Jeffrey Epstein's island, that he ever rode on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet. Honestly, I think George Clooney doesn't even remember Glenn Maxwell, to be honest. Look, George Clooney has had many a blowjob one can assume, and I doubt he remembers every single person that's given him one. Which is awesome. And that's great for him. Ghislaine was probably one of the worst, I would assume. Because she sounds like a fucking crazy psycho bitch. She's also 400,000 feet tall from what I've seen. And it was probably a weird angle. And everyone hates a weird angle blowjob. Um, let's get back to celebrities. And I think you have a really good segue here. Um, I... I earlier apologized to Amal for admitting that I would give George Clooney a blowjob if he was single. And our next story, I think somebody owes Amal an apology as well. What do you think? Well, according to OK Magazine, Elizabeth Hurley owes George Clooney and Amal Clooney an apology. Another Holly Shook historic scandal throwback, Elizabeth Hurley. I know, I was like, I was, let me just say, I was not expecting an Elizabeth Hurley story in 2020, but here we are. Once again, 2020 throwing us curveballs. Can I just really quickly throw a conspiracy theory out there? Please do. Does OK Magazine listen to our podcast? I think they do. This is the, I'm looking at our notes. There are three of our five stories today that are all from OK Magazine, all of which include people from past historic scandals. All I'm saying is, OK Magazine, if you're listening right now, just come forward. We can work together here, baby. They're following the breadcrumbs, right? Yeah. It's it's a chicken and egg thing. It's like, does OK Magazine give us the stories or do we give OK Magazine the stories? I would say we famously break news on this podcast, so I would think that they're getting in from us, but, you know, I don't want to get sued. Hey, OK Magazine, we're out here. We could use a sponsorship. We can give you the sponsor. Honestly, we're giving them a sponsorship. We just said OK Magazine like seven times. Is this an ad? You'll never know. It's not. I was going to say hashtag ad. 
So we're not on the same page. <laughs> That's illegal, I think. <laughs> to do a false hashtag ad? Yeah. Probably. I did a hashtag ad once on my Instagram as a joke. And I literally got notifica- a notification from Instagram being like, if this is an official sponsored ad, you must. And like gave me all the rules. And I was like, I was being humorous. And then I kid you not, for like four months afterwards, they gave me a whole tab on my notifications page for like sponsored content. Where like if I ha- if I was going to do another sponsored thing, it had to like fall within these rules. And I was like, oh my God, I will never make a joke about being sponsored again. Like this is a nightmare. <laughs> I was like physically being sued. You were like, "Am I about to be prosecuted over like, like three characters on my keyboard?" Like hashtag ad, and your life is ruined. Like literally, I was being followed by the government more for that joke than fucking Jeffrey Epstein ever was. Anyway, talk about Elizabeth Hurley. Okay, this is a source insider riddled story, which we love. Which we love. So according to a source, quote, pals say Amal hates the fact that Liz has been so open about her crush on George without even making a passing reference to the fact that he's happily married with two little kids. So apparently a source told this to OK Magazine. Now, OK Magazine suggests that this could be related to an incident back in 2016 when Elizabeth Hurley was on a press tour for her show, the Royals. Okay. Never heard of it. You never heard of it? No. I fucking hate royal shit. I'm like, dude, this is so boring. What is this? Like the fucking 1870s? <laughs> Which it probably is. I don't know. Yeah, but right. We have royals today. It's called the royals. It's called know, Meghan but... fucking Markle, right? It doesn't have to be the 1870s. It could be the 2020s. I know, but anytime I think like royals, I'm like, okay, pride and prejudice. <laughs> pride and prejudice i can't never say that word whatever royal things bore the fuck out of me i'm like i don't care like what is this little woman but rich <laughs> remember you had a princess diana kick for like two weeks speaking of paparazzi <laughs> okay princess diana was a normal girl who was thrust into the life of royalty <laughs> i know i also had a Meghan markle kick for like fully two days and then i was like all right i'm over it i think your Meghan markle kick drove you to your Princess Diana kick, if I remember correctly. Because I remember you were like, Armin, I'm getting all into this royal shit. I mean, you didn't say it like that, but... (laughs) I probably did. I was like, this fucking royal shit's fucking wild, man. I suddenly turned, like, really straight when talking about the royals. (laughs) I don't know why. Which is, like, the gayest thing to get excited about, too. So, like, why? (laughs) Honestly, insane. (laughs) But there's just... There's too much, like, there's too many TV shows about royals. I'm like, dude, right. how many are there? Like, how many royals are there first off? That crown shit. How many times can you tell the same freaking story over and over again? And, like, why is Elizabeth Hurley, Hurley, like, the only person that can be in it? Well, because there's one English actress, and her name is Elizabeth Hurley. That's actually a lie. Like, every actress that you think is American <laughs> is actually English. I've never met an American actor in my entire life. Or seen one. <laughs> right. Didn't you love that... Emma Stone movie with Olivia Coleman. Yeah, but that was like satire. <laughs> See, you're secretly like, a Royals stan. I like I like royal stuff if it's like funny royal stuff. Like if it's like about if it's like all serious, I'm like, ugh, you know. 
it's like boring. I'm like, they're talking in like English, but like with an accent and like, I'm just over it. <laughs> um, well, speaking of being over it. Nice. Double segue. Mm-hmm. Amal is over Elizabeth Hurley's bullshit. <laughs> so during this press tour for the show, Elizabeth Hurley said that she would want George Clooney to be the king of the show and said that, quote, he looks sweet holding an orb and scepter, end quote. So then an insider apparently told OK, oh, these comments are all in good fun. No big deal. But the source was like, fuck your insider. So this is actually a battle between the source and the insider, which we rarely get, but we also love. But see, this is the royal battle that I care about. Like, insiders versus sources, like, that's a battle, and that is royalty. Funnily enough, we have always sided with the insider, historically. So, like, in that battle of royalty, we're pro-insider, but maybe the source here, Rye, I don't know if you're feeling the source. The source argued with the insider, saying, quote, while it's typical of Liz... I love how this is, like, fully debate, by the way. I know, like... Uh, I but I doubt either of them even know <laughs> these people, but okay. I actually want to get into that. Oh, but this source says, quote, while it's typical of Liz to test the rules of decorum to grab a headline for herself, it's highly disrespectful of George's marriage to keep objectifying him unless she thinks she really has a chance with this guy down the road. It's a very sore spot for them all, and she'd like it to stop, end quote. Well, first of all, I want to point out that you started this conversation saying how rare it is for Elizabeth Hurley to be in the headlines and this sentence by the source opened with like typical of Liz to try to grab a headline I know I loved that shade I was like okay yes Uh, the source is like directly calling you out (laughs) Um, but I also want to point out Rye I think this is one of those fully fabricated stories all right well great Armin now we're gonna lose our fucking sponsorship (laughs) I'm sorry, OK Magazine, but I am sniffing a full fabrication. And here's why, Rye. We get the real news earlier this week about how Galan Maxwell gave George Clooney a blowjob. That's massive news. I mean, not that it really matters. Who cares? Like you said, probably thousands of women have given George Clooney blowjobs, right? And men. (coughs) And men. George Clooney's received more blowjobs than the fucking royals. You don't know that. You don't know what goes on behind palace doors. But I think I know what goes on behind those ER doors. And George Clooney and that guy, what was his name? Noah Wiley or whatever. I don't know. I'm a Grey's Anatomy girl. They were getting head. Anyway, I think OK Magazine went into the archives and saw, ooh, that's a bit of a fun, almost a meat cute without the meat sort of <laughs> quote for Elizabeth Hurley about George Clooney, like kind of sounds like she's flirting with him. What if we use this moment where George Clooney's name is in the headlines for another story to generate clicks Yeah, for a totally fabricated story? It's called marketing, babe. Look it up. It's just marketing. That's what it is. Yeah, I know. This story just seems stupid. I live for it because it's like, Amal is like a queen and an icon and like so smart and so successful and like so good and like so hardworking and busy. Like she doesn't even, she wouldn't even like know the blip on the radar if Elizabeth Hurley said that. 
And, like, Elizabeth Hurley did say it because she, you know, said it in an interview for her show. But, like, Amal didn't see that quote and get mad about it. Like, come on. Also, George Clooney is famously, like, one of the hottest men in Hollywood. Like, there's probably 400,000 quotes a day about how people wish they could do things to him, you know? Also, that that press store happened in 2016. Like, where is this story coming from? Right. I mean, at this point, Elizabeth Hurley and I are essentially the same level of relevance. So that's like Amal getting mad at me for saying I want to give George Clooney a blowjob like four to seven times on this podcast. So it's like, it's not going to phase her. She has bigger things to deal with, like being an icon. So, but love the Elizabeth Hurley pop up. We honestly love to see it. Yeah, it's great. I love a good Holly Shook throwback moment. You know, we love when the celebs that we used to cover for the history deep dives just pop back up. Honestly, this could have been a plant by us to get clicks on our podcast about Elizabeth Hurley, which, you know what? We're not going to say if it was or wasn't, but it was great marketing on our part. Right. Don't expose me because um, guess what? That Hugh Grant Elizabeth Hurley episode is doing numbers today. Hey, but also like I obviously clearly don't do not know what marketing is because I think I've used it like the wrong time, like four times. You're like Um, false tabloid stories like in the National Enquirer is marketing. That's just marketing. Like when the National Enquirer and OK Magazine just make up shit like those sources quotes were fully made up. Let's be honest. And the whole like the whole argument between the insider and the source. It's probably the same fucking person just talking to themselves that like writing it down. It's an OK Magazine intern who was tasked with like finding any fucking salacious story about George Clooney so they could like again take advantage of this Glenn Maxwell news and the person is like wait George Clooney has had a very boring life since he like got into a fist fight with fucking David O. Russell back in 99 so I gotta make up this story about Elizabeth Hurley because I saw some quote about her kind of thirsting over George Clooney but like again like you said that's not really news because everybody does and you know what that is marketing that's fucking marketing. Speaking of marketing and speaking of royal news. <sighs> you didn't like that segue? No, I just am over, like, I hate, I hate royals and I hate marketing at this point too. You just hate this podcast. I hate this podcast. I'm logging off. <laughs> I just. Well, we talked about Meghan Markle earlier. We did. Uh, there is some news regarding Meghan Markle because there's a book coming out about the royals called Finding Freedom. Mm. There was a little tidbit in there that, you know, a lot of people found interesting. And that was Princess Eugenie. Can I just say that I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Wajini? <laughs> because, and I'm not saying this as a joke. <laughs> no, no, you're probably right, because I actually was... <laughs> Debating in my head how to fucking pronounce this name because I was like, there's no way that her name is Eugenie. But I was like, I'm going with Eugenie. Okay, so for perspective, people listening, it's spelled U. Nope. It's spelled spelled E-U-G-E-N-I-E. So it looks like Eugenie. I randomly went to high school with a girl who has that name. Uh And it was pronounced Weijenie. Weijini. I like that. Or Ojanwe. No, Weijini. And 
there is a street in Chicago down the street from where I work that has that as its name. It's called Wajini Terrace. And I have a friend who lives on it and she always is like, oh yeah, I live on Eugenie. And I'm like, it's pronounced Wajini. And she's like, I think I would know how my street's pronounced. And I'm like, oh really? Who fucking told you? The street sign? <laughs> and I'm like, I literally know a person with this name and it's pronounced Wajini and it's so annoying. And also it's so random. Why is so many things named this? And any hoosers, it's pronounced Princess Wajini. Thank you. This is my TED Talk. <laughs> If you heard Wajini, I'm I'm adding a W at the beginning when I'm trying to spell that. No, exactly. I would think it would be Wajini. W-A-Y. You know what? I'm not going to try to spell it right now, but <laughs> point is, it looks like Eugenie. It's pronounced Wajini. And this Wajini. is scientific evidence by me, the one person who went to high school with this person's name. <laughs> Right, your accidental genius coming out to play again. I love it. Thank I love you. It. Oh my god. Okay, we'll talk about Weijini. Princess, if you will. Princess Weijini apparently was pretty fucking pissed at Meghan Markle and Prince Harry for telling everyone at her wedding that Meghan Markle was pregnant. So, mm-hmm. in this book, Finding Freedom, the authors wrote... Quote, it didn't go down particularly well with Weijini, who a source said told friends she felt the couple should have waited to share the news. End quote. They would end up officially sharing the news with the world, because that's what you do when you're a royal or a celebrity more broadly. You share the fact that you're pregnant. I guess unless you're Justin Timberlake by the way, and Jessica Biel, because they actually just had a baby and never announced that they were going to have a baby. They just had the baby and announced after the fact that they had a baby. But that's for another day and another time, maybe even today, teaser. However, three days after the wedding, they officially announced that Meghan Markle was pregnant on the Kensington Palace Instagram page. So this story is not like the OK Magazine story where it's fake. This story is uh, more than plausible. In fact, I think it really happened. Rye, would you be okay with someone announcing that they were pregnant or having a baby at your wedding? Um, I would be annoyed. Um, also... It gives me, like, proposing at a wedding vibes, but, like, not as bad, I feel. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I I would be like, okay, girl, like, you couldn't even have waited until, like, the brunch the next morning, you know? Like, maybe not on the wedding day, but I get, like, being overwhelmed with love and gratitude and, like, being happy to be around the people that you're around with your family. Like, you want to share the good news, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, wait till the next day, at least. Not, like, the actual wedding day. But at the same time, it's not like they were, like, you know, interrupting, like, the ceremony and, like, stood up on a table and was, like, we're pregnant. Like, they probably whispered it to a few people and then word got around and, like, whatever. But it wasn't... I doubt it really took that much attention away from Weijini. But at the same time, I could see how it could. But at the same time, it's, like, get over it, girl. Because I, like find people who are that obsessed with their weddings to be fucking obnoxious. Um, 
So I don't know. It's like, I don't really care either way. Like I'm just there to party as long as I'm like allowed to keep partying then like chill. Right. But it's different if you are the person getting married. I mean, you want to probably both party and be the center of attention. I mean, that's why you throw yourself a fucking massive wedding that most likely costs a few hundred thousand dollars. Especially a Royal wedding. Like there's so many fucking people there. Like half the people like, are even like aren't even there for you they're just like kind of there for like the glamour of it like god forbid some people are talking about something else for 10 minutes like it's not like anything when anything stopped the wedding it was like okay people like are having side conversations like every side conversation isn't about you anyway so like get over it bitch but here's the thing right even people on the inside are attracted to gossip you'd be surprised by this a list celebs love their gossip and royal people and royal adjacent people also love their gossip and Meghan markle and prince harry being the hottest royal couple right now probably led to their baby news being the topic of conversation at the wedding like i can see word being spread around and then it's like every time you're at the bar trying to order drink trying to take a shot it's like oh did you hear Meghan markle is pregnant they're they're not immune to that sort of conversation. In fact, they engage with it as much as anyone else. So you're way genie over there. People can't even pronounce your name, right? right? Let alone talk about your wedding. And you're hoping, okay, well, it's my day. It's going to be mostly all about me, even though obviously Meghan Markle's presence may even upstage me. All, all the celebrity here, all the big names here may upstage me. And then Meghan Markle and Prince Harry go around saying, hey, yeah, we're having a baby. And then that's what everyone is talking about. They're eating dinner saying, oh, my God, can you believe they're having a baby? They just got married five months ago and they're having a baby. This is huge. This is massive. What is this going to mean for the royal family? And then you're Weijini over there feeling like the forgotten cousin again. All right. Well, guess the fuck what, Weijini? This wedding happened two years ago and we're talking about it now because of this news. So... Be grateful because I didn't even know who you were until 30 minutes ago and your wedding is old news. Obviously, nobody even remembers it. So the fact that it's even being talked about on a podcast right now is only because of Meghan Markle. So like, be grateful, honey. If you're that desperate for attention, then take any attention you can get. Okay, I'm over her. Let's move on. <laughs> um, Speaking of moving on. Was Ooh, that, good? that was all right. It was all right. <laughs> um, We got news this week from... Hashtag ad. Okay, magazine. <laughs> Hashtag we lost the sponsorship earlier when Armin discredited their journalism. Um, that Justin Timberlake signed an infidelity clause that would grant Jessica Biel everything if he cheats on her. So if you guys remember, we did cover this on our podcast. However, was it last year? Yeah, last November. That Justin Timberlake was seen photographed holding hands with the co-star of the movie he was filming, Alicia Wainwright. And there was like a whole drama because he was holding hands with her while they were out to dinner and drinks, but they were filming a movie together. So it was like, okay, they're just like co-stars who like maybe had a couple drinks and they're like being a little flirty, but like they're not cheating or anything. Um, Justin and Jessica are one of my favorite celebrity couples just because they make sense, but they, like, don't make sense, you know? And then, I don't know, they've they've had a pretty, like, drama-free 
relationship other than this little bump in the road. Wait, can we explore that real quick? What does that mean that they make sense and they don't make sense? It's just, like, so random to me. Like, you know, like, couples that just, like, seem really random. Like, I just remember when they got together, I was like, that's so random that they're together. But, like, something about it, like, checks out. Is it the seventh heaven of it all? It's this, it to me, For me, it's the seventh heaven of it all. Because as someone who famously loved seventh, seventh heaven growing up, because I was of a family of seven. So I was like, this is my life, except my dad isn't a preacher. <laughs> um, but like, I just lived for it. And like, Jessica Biel was like iconic to me. Um, I loved Seventh Heaven too. I can't believe we've never talked about this. I feel like we have talked about it because I feel like I always, every time we bring it up, I go, Seventh Heaven. Yeah. And then the theme song stuck in my head all night. Happy as happy. Happy as happy is literally my dream. Like... <laughs> I want my, like, title card at a sitcom slash, like, family drama to be, like, Ryan is Ryan. Um, but I also want to be a dog. Seventh heaven. Seventh heaven. Every time Seventh heaven. It was, like, it, like, why were we watching that as children? I uh, know. I mean, all the storylines. I was just about to say, do you remember the storyline with Jessica Biel's character getting into some sort of, like, speed drug? It was so scary. It was, like, so bad and, like, so dramatic. And I would, like, casually watch it at 5 p.m. before dinner. Like, why? I just remember her playing basketball and, like, being so exhausted from whatever she was taking. I don't even remember what it was. It was, like, black tar heroin probably. But, like, (laughs) we didn't know what that was because we were physically two years old. No, and Uh, I remember there was, like, an episode where, like, the blonde kid took a gun to school or something like the stories were bad shit yeah and like unfortunately i was attracted to the blonde son like just it was like a weird like it's probably if i went to therapy something i would need to unpack of like why i loved seventh heaven so much but like not gonna do that right now um there's anyway, some so latent like, trauma with us for sure because of our <laughs> love for seventh heaven and like here's just a really quick side anyone who's like between the ages of like I would say like 24 to like early 30s right now. The TV shows we grew up on were fucked up. Like if you go back to like some of the Nickelodeon slash like Disney Channel shows, like they were fucked up. It's like why our generation is a mess. Um, seventh Heaven included. Um, so any Hoosers, essentially after this little bump in the road with his co-star of holding hands, which turned out to be nothing. He was not cheating. They just like, you know, they're filming a movie. They're getting close. They probably... He admits that they had a little too much to drink and he got a little... T- they got a little touchy, okay? Like, God forbid. Um, yeah, look up the photos. He's super sloshed and her hands are, like, all over his thighs. And then there's yeah. one photo where their hands are interlocking, but in a sensual way, not in a friendly kind of way. Yeah, but like, what the fuck ever? Who cares? Um. So apparently... Now, Justin Timberlake, ever heard of him, um, agreed to draft up a midterm agreement to help Jessica feel more secure in their marriage. And the agreement basically says that if Justin cheats on her, Jessica will get the large majority of their assets as well as primary custody of the kids. I am really sketched out by that. I just find it to be kind of strange. 
if you have to like sign a legal agreement to make your wife feel comfortable, I don't like that. I think it's kind of like manipulative in a way um, because it's essentially being like, well, now that like I wouldn't cheat on you, but to prove it, I'll like hand over my material goods and my children to you if I do. It's like, okay, or like just don't do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was reported that they, you know, have like made amends since the controversy last year and that they're like stronger than ever and that they like grew from the experience. But I don't know, something about having to sign an agreement like that, like years into your marriage is just like kind of fucking weird to me. Does this throw you off when it comes to Jessica and Justin, first name basis? Uh, being one of your favorite celeb couples? No, and like honestly, they're not even. I don't know why I said that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 it's it's it is what it is. I I think when I when I said they're one of my f- favorite celebrity couples is that they don't strike me as like a couple that would have drama. Like they just kind of seem like at least Jessica Biel seems like pretty normal, even though I know there's like weird shit about her that is weird um and then justin timberlake strangely feels really normal too even though he's like super famous um they just seem normal and like they do give down-to-earth vibes and i think a part of that has to do with their ability to be discreet yeah i mean the fact that she had a baby and no one knew she was pregnant right that is just, incredible levels of discretion. And we kind of talked about that on our recent uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Solange podcast. How maybe a part of Jay-Z and Beyonce being able to maintain that sense of normalcy among fans where somehow there's this strange dichotomy. Fans look at them as both being godlike figures and also super relatable down-to-earth people who yes can cheat and make mistakes and do very fallible human things i wonder if the common thread here rye is not being super public on a day-to-day basis at least with your personal life obviously with beyonce's music and with justin timberlake's career being an actor obviously being a, a famous musician um, their art is ever present. Um, but like you said, before the holding hands incident, there was no scandal with Jessica Beale and Justin Timberlake. I don't remember a scandal involving them at all. I don't remember a Justin Timberlake scandal since the big one. We all know the big one, the Super Bowl Janet Jackson one. But since then, he's been fairly quiet, unless I'm missing something. All right. Well, also. My gay ass being like, yeah, when him and Britney broke up. That was like the first game I thought. But that was before the Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, timeline guy. I know it was before. But that's the scandal I think of with Justin. Um, No, I agree. I think think what makes them one of my favorite celebrity, quote unquote, favorite celebrity couples is that I forget they're a couple. Like, I don't really like, they're not in my face all the time. I'm not like always like, oh my God, yeah, them, you know. 
Like they kind of like pop up in pictures here and there. And then there's like one scandal every 10 years. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, they're, they're together. That's they're awesome. the exact opposite of Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello deep uh, hissing for Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Totally. They're private. They're private people. Cause they've been, they've both been famous since they were young. So, you know, I think they want to just be private now, which is awesome. Which is also why like a little blip like this seems like a big deal with like, I think it's blown out of proportion a little bit. One word that stood out to me uh, in this article, Justin's pledge that any quote unquote proven cheating will result in Jessica getting the lion's share of their assets. Proven being the operative word here. I don't know. I think that's an important word to throw in there if you're Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but like, okay, if he had not said proven in it, then would him holding hands with his uh, coworker imply that he cheated and then she gets all the assets? It's not proven. It's not proven. But like that... Or is holding hands cheating? Ooh, now we're getting into an interesting conversation here. Is holding hands cheating? I don't think so. No, holding hands isn't cheating. Grow up, our man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't think it is. And you're like, it's not. Grow up. (laughs) How dare you even imply that? I think proven is written there because when the pictures of him holding hands with his co-star came out, people jumped to conclusions that he was cheating. So if it wasn't saying proven cheating and it was just said if he were, you know, suspected of cheating then she gets all the assets then it's like okay well she would probably have all the assets by now um i don't know being rich and famous is weird because you like have to think about that type of stuff with marriage um us peasants like would never even have to deal with this what asset it's kind of hard to like grasp the concept of like signing a cheating clause you know it's kind of weird yeah and again what assets like (laughs) oh you want to take what little i have i mean sure go ahead take it Oh, you want my credit card debt? Like, honestly, like, it's all yours. Like, babe, like, I will go cheat. I will go make out with someone right now if that means you take it over. Like, bye. Also famously not how assets work. Um, Speaking (laughs) of cheating. Ooh. Yeah, that was actually really good. That was really fucking good. We're going to move into a double segment right now, which is a crossover segment. Um, Possibly the crossover event of the decade. Um, it's a college admission scandal update, but it's also one of our famous segments, which is favorite headline of the week. Favorite headline of the week. I was wondering if we were going to get one of your musical intros, right? Thank you for that. You're welcome. Everyone was waiting. Um, so today, not tonight, but this week, we got an update from People Magazine, which... Honestly, I feel like I'm cheating by not using an OK Magazine story right now. But People Magazine um, reported that Lori Laughlin and Mossimo Gigliani, not his name, um, downsized to a $9.5 million home amid college admissions scandal. You hate to see it, Rai. You hate to see it. Downsizing to a I mean, $9.5 million home. Look, I I don't know. I I personally can't even imagine having to downsize to something like that. And I just really feel bad for them. Like, if I had to go to a $9.5 million home right now, especially in the middle of a global pandemic, I would just, 
I would I would be heartbroken. So I I am not taking the story lightly. I feel for them. Um, I hope they're okay. You know, I really hope they're okay right now. I mean, first they had to face the college admission scandal being exposed for being cheaters. Then their defense didn't work and they had to plead guilty. And they may face prison time. They may have to do the time at home because of the coronavirus. Um, What a day for them to have to spend time at home during the time that everyone's spending time at home. House arrest is no joke, right? I mean, again, they downsized to a $9.5 million home. This isn't some big $35 million home that they used to live in when they were doing okay for themselves, right? Okay, so let's, please, please, let's not be flippant about their situation. So house arrest in a rinky-dink, $9.5 million home, that's, that's in the cards. Overall, their entire situation up in the air. They don't know. Are they going to be in prison? Are they going to be stuck in their $9.5 million little shack, right? And they're also like the rest of us dealing with coronavirus. But I think this takes the cake. This is really the big tragedy here, downsizing to a $9.5 million home after previously living by the Bel Air Country Club, which they used to be members of. That's another huge tragedy that they've had to go through recently. They were kicked out of the Bel Air Country Club. They used to live in a $35 million mansion overlooking the Bel Air Country Club. That's no longer the case. I mean, Rye, this is uh, th- this is one of the saddest stories of the year. And you're actually leaving out a really important um, part of the story that will really put it in perspective. Just keep in mind that this is a $9.5 million house in Hidden Hills, California. Um <sighs> Which is tragic because, you know, it's actually smaller than what you would get at a $9.5 million house in, say, the non-hidden hills um, of California. So you really think with location and everything, like, what does $9.5 million even get you in hidden hills? I doubt there's any more than 25 bedrooms. Um, no. And, like, I doubt there's anything more than two tennis courts maybe two pools, maybe a couple private shots. It's just really sad to think that um, they had to downsize to this, especially when they could have had the privilege of actually going to prison for their crimes. So I don't know. My heart aches for them. Um, I feel like they've gone through enough um, living completely privileged without any hardships in their life and then having to go through what one would argue as a couple hardships over the past couple years. Um, it just really puts things in perspective and my life doesn't I, seem so bad anymore, Rye. It really doesn't. I'm just really grateful to have my one bedroom um, apartment here in Chicago. I get to move from my living room kitchen um, hybrid into my um, bedroom that does fit um famously enough, an actual queen bed and a single bedside table. Um, and then actually I am, I am one of the lucky ones who does have a bath room with a shower and a toilet. So I can't imagine what they're going through and I just hope they can survive this, you know? I really hope so too. They're in my thoughts and prayers. After everything I've described, I don't even think I, uh, 
laid out the one of the worst moments, uh, maybe the second worst behind downsizing. They originally listed their $35 million home for $35 million. Right, as one does. As one does. You list for value. They had to relist it in January of this year for $28.65 million. That's already a sacrifice that's unbearable to most. I'm tearing, I'm tearing up. I can't. Okay, wait. Hold back the tears because it's about to get even more devastating. Oh, my God. The property ultimately sold for $18.75 million. No. <laughs> yeah, this is a really sad one. Um Again, I, we hate to do this kind of sad stuff. We usually like fun, lighthearted stuff like Justin Timberlake cheating on Jessica Biel, but sorry, he didn't cheat. Like sex, child sex trafficking rings, just like really lighthearted stuff. But this is really, really too much for me. I, Sorry, I said I wasn't going to cry tonight, um, but this is really, this is just too much. I can't believe they had to sell for half of the asking price. Um and for only $18.75 million, that famously a real estate agent did quote as saying that they are still making money from the sale, just not as much as they oh, hoped for. Shit. Just not as much as they hoped for, God. I just, this is and look, sick. This is a sick story, Rye. I can't even look, believe we're talking about this. Obviously, I would hate to still make money on $18.75 million sale. Especially when I hoped for more, I would I would absolutely hate it. But you know, at the end of the day, I know that I'm strong, and I would get through it. And I just hope that Lori and Massimo are strong as well. And then honestly, I hope that Olivia Jade can get through this as well because she might not even have a private room to film her YouTube videos in anymore. She might have to share it with something. And I can't even imagine what it could be. It's just, I'm so heartbroken. Uh, apparently, this 12,000 uh, square foot home that they've just bought only has six bedrooms. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine. I, I just, I, I wouldn't know um, how to proceed uh, with my life at all. Um, I just, I think, I think that their best bet at this point is to opt into prison time during a global pandemic. Um because that sounds honestly so much easier than having to be in this home um, that only costs nine point seven nine point five million with only six bedrooms. I would much rather be in a prison cell and retract a virus than have to live in that house. So I hope they make the right choice. I hope that they can plead to the judge to be sent to prison soon, um, just so they can I don't know have something to look forward to. Uh, Rye, I feel like we should finish this segment by expressing our appreciation for People Magazine mm -hmm. because they did not shy away from the gravitas of this moment in their headline mm -hmm. by including downsize here, by saying they downsized to a $9.5 million home. They did what almost no other outlet dared to do, yeah. which was put the tragedy front and center. People nowadays, like you said, Rye, we don't want to face the destitution, the heartbreak of society that so many are facing today. But People Mag is not afraid to do the dirty work, to say, look at what's happening out there. Look mm -hmm. at people downsizing from $35 million homes to $9.5 million homes. We are living in a failed state. 
And People Magazine is not afraid to say it. And I think that this is a proper time to officially announce, yes, we are sponsored by People Magazine. Um, Thank you for all your support. And we're happy to report the real hard-hitting news here on the Holly Ship Podcast, People Magazine crossover event of the decade. That is where you get great journalism, unlike that OK Magazine rag. Um, Well, this has been quite the journey we've hit. We saved the most devastating story for last, as we tend to do. Um, But thank you guys for listening. We love going off on a dark note. We do. We love to end it on a really sad note. And we appreciate you guys listening. Once again, if you enjoy our podcast and you want more and you want to hear all about the Ellen scandal that we talked about at the beginning, you can subscribe for a measly $5 a month on our Patreon at patreon.com backslash hollyshook. I know Lori and uh, Massimo would not be able to afford um, Mm. that stiff rate, but hopefully some of you guys are rich and can do that and get some more content from us. But regardless, we appreciate all the support and we will talk to you next time.